Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by the composing duo Finishing Move, made up of Brian Trifon and Brian Lee White for the game Crackdown 3. I spoke with Brian and Brian a few years ago at GDC about the music they wrote for Massive Chalice, which I thoroughly enjoyed and thought it was really well thought out and just well done. And since that time, they've done the music for Halo Wars 2 and many other projects you'll hear them discuss. Crackdown 3 is an open-world action-adventure shooter, and it took a little bit for it to come out, and so that's one of the first things I asked them. I was curious when they started composing for the game. Yeah, so we were brought in on a project, uh, I mean, pretty early on. I mean, I think it was, was it 2014 that we started to talk about it with uh, mm-hmm. the audio director, uh, Chris, at Microsoft. Um, and that's when we had just initial discussions about, like, style and kind of what his vision for what the music that he wanted was. Um, mm-hmm. And then it was sort of like a slow roll into, you know, getting deeper into it. Um, yeah, it wasn't. We worked so it's about five years to date. I think we talked first started talking about it at GDC, like 2014. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then we started working on it, maybe like eight months or a year later. But then it wasn't. It wasn't like solid through. Like sure, we didn't sure. just work for, for four years <laughs> yeah. solid. There was there was some. Um, some delays and some recalibrations uh, in design. So we kind of, uh, you know, music and sound tend to sort of follow whatever, wherever design takes things. So we kind of react uh, a lot of times. And so when they change some things, we'd have to kind of wait until the dust settled and then we could go and, uh, you know, continue working. But the the good thing about uh, sort of the extension, at least from from our standpoint, was that originally we were only scoped to do like 80 minutes of music and and I think uh, we ended up total doing over four hours because uh, we just had more time and so we were able to de- develop uh, more of the world and, and more of the ideas and systems that we had uh, just because of the delays. So it actually, wow. I know people were upset about the delays and there, were, there, was, there was a lot of struggles, but at least for, for us, it was, you know, we gave us the opportunity to add more polish and just and more total minutes of music to the project. to build that world over that length of time is that would be amazing yeah i mean it was really cool because we got to do a lot of discussion and uh sort of back and forth about style um and you know as you can tell with like the crackdown three soundtrack it's 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 very different than a lot of (laughs) soundtracks that are out there i mean like because I mean, one of the things that at least I think is really cool about it is it sounds like music you might hear on the radio or in a club mm-hmm. or something like that. Um, it's it's futuristic and modern, but it also has, you know, character themes and motifs that like reoccur throughout. And 
Um, yeah. So it's stuff that only a score can do. So it's it's kind of like it it's has the energy and I think like some of the uh, you know vitality of like of that you'd get with like licensed music, but it has the coherent as in cohesiveness of, of I think you can only get with a score. And I, I don't know. I think that's really cool. sound design too or just music on this so it was basically just music we did this we did some of like musical sound design for the there's the orbs that that your character collects to like up his skills um and so uh we were tasked with recreating the sound of the orbs and and sort of because they were adding in more new orbs and so they wanted sort of a flexible format where we could recreate the original orbs and then sort of add harmonically to it. To um, so it was kind of like they're musical in a way, and that when you collect certain orbs, it it will uh, sort of uh, one after the other, it will uh, create like chords basically or ar- arpeggios. Of, uh, uh, so it's all like harmonically related stuff. Um, so yeah, it was it was really cool to to, to do that. When I first started to listen to it, I it kind of reminded me of like if Blade Runner had been a dubstep album. <laughs> album, you know, you know what I mean? Because it it's yeah. still it. There's like this synthiness to it that you know I I love, and uh, you know when you see the game, it it really makes sense. It's like that that's that's what that world would sound like, <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's a really it's a kind of a neon bathed future you know, kind of uh, post-apocalyptic kind of uh, uh, island nation. The rest of the world's been blacked out and this is sort of what's left and, the uh, you know, some crazy gangster corporation runs everything and poisons everyone's mind with the uh, chimera. So it's it's definitely <laughs> like we we took all that... All, all the character stuff and all the story stuff into account when we were kind of developing the score and, and we had a, a bunch of shared Spotify playlists, you know, with different nice. characters in mind. And we're just like, hey, what do you think about kind of like this sound for this guy? And we would, you know, kind of go back and forth and, and uh, you know, as we were kind of developing the different characters so that they each kind of had their unique personality in the world. Yeah, and I mean the it's funny the genre that we like that internally we we refer to it as is like cinematic cyber trap. Um, <laughs> nice. That's you know th- those are sort of like the so like 
you know, I think uh, the cyberpunk aesthetic of like Blade Runner is definitely, you know, that's like a reference point. And then also like, you know, modern like trap music and hip hop and yep. is is another and, and also like the electronic stuff like the like dubstep or drum and bass, you know, drum and bass and, and yeah. the, those genres of electronic music. So it was kind of like trying to combine all those things and then keep it really f- cinematic sounding as well. Yeah, definitely. No mission accomplished there. remember uh, when I spoke to you guys a few years ago that you know you, you just obviously you work so well together you've done so many projects together um, but I'm kind of curious how this one played out in terms of you know who had what role because I know that Trifon y- you know you're kind of the melody and music detail fella but then Brian White is the one who kind of is the finisher as it were you know I, I mean is that a safe assessment? So uh, the roles have evolved, uh, and partly because we we've added a, the, another. We have an assistant we work with. His name is Jay, and he's he was a big part of this project also. Um, and so it, it's basically yes, like because there's it's not just one person uh, because it's essentially three of us. It's like we specialize uh, sometimes, like in terms of just to do things faster. So I, I think that I'm still very much a like musical sound design and special sauce person. Um, <laughs> and, you know, uh, like Jay is, is really good with the, the, all of the electronic stuff. I mean, we, we all are like Brian White and I, like that's a, a big part of our background is, is the electronic music and, and all that. But Jay is, is, um, is really great at that. And you know Brian White uh, is is amazing at like sort of being the the leader and and uh, like getting getting it all done. And then he also did all of the technical like implementation in the game and the music. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so we, oh, really? we did all the yeah we did all the the uh, interactive implementation and were a big part of the design of the interactivity. So that was a that was also a, a sort of a, a new role. Um, we had done that before on. Um, on much smaller titles, done done the uh, implementation and, and interactive design, but this was like sort of like a first AAA sized uh, game where we embedded uh, with the development team, uh, and so I was actually, you know, implementing the music uh, that that we were writing daily, and then play testing uh, and going nice. back and forth uh, with the audio programmer, you know, fixing bugs and uh, kind of just getting. Uh, the interactive elements to work, so that was kind of a a, a new addition, kind of to to our uh, separation of duties. Jay would often be. Uh, plugging out, you know, different different ideas, and I'd be putting them into Wise and testing them, and and sort of giving feedback. I'm like, okay, let's uh, 
let's change the key of this. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let me add a melody here. You know, it's it's it was it's a very much a team effort. Yeah. Uh, and sort of adding in sort of the implementation to that, I think uh, it 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 added an extra uh, load to our plate. But I think uh, the the positive part of that is that we really got to own. The, the entire score through and through. A lot of times uh, when you just kind of throw the, the assets over the fence, someone else implements them and you kind of, you maybe get to play test them, maybe you don't, but it's kind of like, oh, you know, there it is. You might have little ideas about transitions or changing cues that they just, you know, they're not gonna have resources to go in and change every little thing that you're thinking of. And it's right. like, well, like, let us own that. And then we can obsess over, you know, <laughs> like this transition should be two bars, not one bar, or let me change that five times and test it until I'm happy. So I think, you know, being able to own that polish and be sort of reactive to your play testing immediately, uh, you know, through your composition process, uh, was was a pretty special uh, part of this project. It's not to say that, uh, you know, oh, composers who don't implement, that's that's no good. You know, a lot of times studios just don't, like they have people full time and that's what they do. So you just don't even have the opportunity right. to, yeah. you know, I mean, a lot of people know how to use WISE and, and, and you just don't have the opportunity to go in and, and own all that. And in this case, from day one, uh, Chris at Microsoft was like, yes, I want you guys both writing the score and doing all the implementation, and here's why. And he had this vision, you know, not only in just the, you know, stylistic uh, angle of the music, but also just in how we were going to, you know, complete the whole process working mm. together. Yeah, no, that's incredible. And I was going to ask you what you used, and you used WISE. I mean, there's pretty much yes. two two names in the game, right? Unless somebody has their own software or middleware, I guess. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, there's FMOD and WISE, and there's a there's another one coming up uh, through the ranks. But, I mean, WISE is still... And then Unity and, and uh, uh, Unreal have their own kind yep. of audio tools that you can use. But WISE is still... I mean, as far as AAA is concerned, uh, WISE is still the kingpin there. Uh, okay. You can, do a, you can do quite a bit with it. Um and I think Sony just bought it recently, but everybody's no still kidding. everybody's huh. still using it. There's still going to be their own audio kinetic sort of separate division. Okay. But, uh, but yeah, it's I mean it's very having that abstracted environment that you know uh, sound designers and composers can work in, uh, you know, and sort of still be creative, but you know have ownership over mm -hmm. how stuff gets plugged in without having to be, you know, having an audio programmer constantly. I mean, could you imagine back in the day if you wanted to make a change to a sound or how a sound, you know, reacted in the world, you had to have somebody that could actually go in and write lines of code to do that, and you know those people's resources. Uh, are pretty scarce when you're you're combining that with the fact that they also have to make sure that the rest of the game works. And mm -hmm. with 
middleware tools, you can kind of just put the hooks in and then the designers, you know, we have a lot of freedom, whether it's composers or sound designers to, to really get creative and say, hey, you know, that sound isn't quite right. I'm going to go design a new one. I'm going to change how it round robins or reacts uh, to the world, uh, so on and so forth. So, yeah, I mean, it's definitely it, it's a huge uh, part of modern game design. One of the things I really enjoy about the soundtrack is kind of, uh, and and this goes for a lot of game soundtracks, but it's it's really fun on this one to just kind of hear how the layers build, um, you know, because it, it, would I be correct to assume that like some of these are, you know, you're starting through a level or whatnot or a, a portion of a mission or whatever, and then you know as things get hectic you're adding more layers and, and I feel like we get to hear that really well in, in this soundtrack. Yeah, I mean one of the things with the the pieces that are on the soundtrack is is these are kind of special versions. So in the game it's all split up into smaller interactive assets and what a lot of these versions were um, was we'd write for like basically we'd theme a lot of the music around uh, bosses that are in the game. And so we would write like a sketch that's, you know, four minutes long that sort of covers just the overall, like all the different vibes and theme for that particular, uh, for that particular boss. Um, and then we would pull from that, like once we got buy-in from Microsoft and they're like, okay, you know, Chris there was like, yeah, that's, that's a cool piece. Then we would draw from that and write additional stuff and split that up and, and make it work um, in the game. So these were kind of, uh, most of these soundtrack versions, a lot of them were based on the sort of overall boss character piece. So we, we wanted to sort of display like, what is the range of this boss? What do they feel and sound like? Um, instead of it just being like exactly, this is how you progress when you're going through like a, a mission or, or just fighting this boss. You know, we, 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 uh, the sound, we wanted to make it like a cool piece of music. You the know? cues have all the gears. If you sort of use trailer music speak, you know, gear one, <laughs> gear two, gear three, the, the <laughs> yeah. cues have all those gears. And, and we would, when we would write the sketches, we would sort of write them with kind of like the different sort of emotional gears that you'd go through in the queue. Uh, and then we, in the interactive component, we would sort of break it out even more uh, into, you know, layers and, and things that could kind of ebb and flow uh, interactively as you complete missions and stuff like that. If you actually play the game, you'll notice there's actually quite a bit of music that didn't make it into the soundtrack because it is it is just purely functional music that that works really well when you're on a mission or it's in a cutscene or something like that. And 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 we didn't want to take the approach of oh let's make a five-hour soundtrack and just <laughs> cram every loop because a lot of times it's like when you're playing, 
you know, it's like underscore in a film, certain things make sense uh, in context. And then sort of you go when you go to do the soundtrack, you might kind of either edit that down or kind of remix it into a, a something that's more self-contained for a listener to just listen to uh, in the car or just, you know, uh, as yep. a piece of music. And yeah. uh, so we definitely, uh, when it came time to do the soundtrack, we kind of went back to... It's weird. It's like we started writing these sketches that were almost just kind of like finished pieces of music that we would present as like, here's this guy's kind of world and, and attitude. We'd get by and then we'd explode that out into, you know, 20, 30 minutes of music for those missions and, and mm. those areas. And then we kind of unexploded that, like remixed that back together, assembled uh, in sort of the last month. Uh, we we took, I think I took sort of most of December, uh, Jay and I took to kind of re-put back together uh, soundtrack edits of everything and then do actual proper mixes, you know, because in the game, the the stuff's getting mixed in inside of Wise, so I wanted to do like right. actual like proper record mixes mm-hmm. uh, with Outboard and then get them mastered and sort of do the traditional soundtrack mix mm-hmm. workflow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you, um, uh, Brian White, right? You're the one who who is the mixer, and uh, I want to talk a little bit more about that because uh, you know I think sometimes electronic music with really heavy bass like that I can find really difficult to listen to on headphones, and I didn't find that this this way at all. And I mean, you know, it could be that it's not mixed for a club. <laughs> but I mean, I don't, I don't really know. I just would, I'd love to hear you talk about just the challenges of like mixing electronic music that has just such huge bass, but also, you know, there's a lot of high frequency electronic sounds happening too. So being someone who yeah. doesn't know much about that, I'd love to just kind of hear you talk about it. I mean, I think first and foremost, I mean, I can't just, you know, speak for, for, for everybody, uh, in terms of like how they approach electronic music. But I mean, for, for me, I know, and for, for our workflow, it's very important to have, uh, a really great room with full frequency monitoring. I think where people tend to get in trouble and have to lean more on heavy handed mastering or just kind of, um, you know, other tools, is, you know, if you're working in a bedroom and you're working on speakers that are not full range, and by full range, I mean like 20 to 20, 20 hertz to 20 kilohertz. And uh, I think that when you're working with bass music that has a lot of low lows and a lot of super high highs, you know, having a full range monitoring system in a room that's, you know, tuned and you can trust the low end uh, makes a huge difference in terms of output and just your ability to trust what's leaving the space. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, I don't I don't know what else I do. I don't do anything <laughs> that's like sort of special. I, I, I mean, I, I'll just chime in. I, I do think Brian White's approach is he's not he cares about like he doesn't want to destroy the clarity of things. I think, you know, you go to, you go to some like far lengths to preserve the like clarity and, you know, it's like, you don't, you're not trying to like crush it with, Mm -hmm. um, the maximum loudness, but you know, it still has to, you know, we still have to get it to be like loud and present well, but I think it's, it's like, it's not overly harsh. And I think that Brian White is really amazing at being able to like 
mix the music so that it has a lot of impact, but it's not, it's not harsh. I'd like to hear um, a, a bit more about some of you, like your personal favorites. I, I mean, and I'm gonna go first. <laughs> um, I, I loved by the time I got to War Room because if you sit down, and this goes for any, I think, high energy music. Um, you know, that's that's a mood, right? Yeah. And yeah. so when I got to War Room, that one is one of the more chill tracks. Because of that contrast, I think it just really stood out to me. But, uh, but the whole album, like I, I cleaned the whole house yesterday listening to this, <laughs> and this morning at work I was like doing really thoughtful, meaningful, like note taking and work for my radio show that I do. So you know, I mean, yeah. it fit all these different places, and so I, you know, that's that's my take on it. But War Room loved it. Nice. Yeah. yeah, War Room and and some of the other more chill tracks on there, they actually come from the um, ambient explore music. So when you get into a sure. mission area for a boss, the the idea with this game is it's totally open world. So it's like uh, it's similar to like Breath of the Wild, where like once you load in, you can kind of go anywhere, do anything in any order. There's no sort of different load ins or load outs to different maps or anything nice. like that. It's one big map. And you really, the player has total agency to go wherever they want. And so how do you get a player to kind of move forward in the narrative when they can kind of just like run around and throw cars, uh, <laughs> you know, all day, which is great. And some people yeah. do play the game like that. But so what we what we did is we decided let's use music and sound as a way to uh, sort of direct people's attention towards what might be important. So you actually don't cool. hear any sort of explore music when you're just walking around the streets. But when you get into a mission area, there'll be a little thing that says, hey, there's something you can do here in this sort of zone. The HUD will pop up mm -hmm. and you'll hear mood music kind of come in uh, and add tension cool. that tells you, hey, okay, this is like, this is a mission that we can go through and accomplish. And, and then that has its own cycle as as you enter the mission area. It's, it's this sort of tense, sort of like war room kind of vibe and then as soon as you encounter an enemy and you start combat there's a little threshold that sort of determines whether you're in combat and what the intensity is then that kicks in sort of uh, higher level tension music with with drums and pulses and things like that that kind of you know direct you through the mission and then when you're done there's sort of reward you know sort of victory music so it was we very much wanted to kind of create this thing where it's like music to inform the player music to reward the player uh, kind of aspect because otherwise you're just kind of you know you can kind of go around and do anything you want so we, we wanted to sort of support the fact that yes this is a campaign there is you can do things in different orders but you know there are things that you can do to further yourself along in the game and, and finally complete it. 
I know you guys are, uh, or at least have been in the past, pretty avid samplers and such, and uh, instrument builders and the like. So, and, and you know, uh, so how much of that happened here, or did you use stuff you you'd already built? I mean, talk talk to me about that. Yeah. So uh, both. I mean, like you know, w- we did a lot of we made a lot of new sounds for this, and and you know, uh, like I programmed a ton of synth sounds for it. Um, and uh, but also like one of the things that we actually ended up using quite a bit was an instrument that we built sort of after and dur- like during uh, when we we scored Halo Wars two. Um, it's this uh, it's a contact like sample instrument that we built called Post Human, and basically it was the the intention of that was to create sounds that would glue together like um, purely electronic and then orchestral music. It's sort of like middle ground sounds. So it's sort of, they have this organic quality, but they're also very, work well in a synthetic context. So um, this instrument, Post Human, we used a lot in Crackdown 3 as well for a lot of uh, the textures to sort of add like a somewhat organic, but still electronic element, cool. you know, in, in there uh, as well. about programming synth sounds you know how does that process work yeah so i mean there's a a fair there's some amount of you know theory that's involved but a lot of it is just trial and error too so like you know generally i think about like well what is you know what is gonna what is the overall shape of the sound i want like what is the volume shape so that's going to be the volume envelope that i'm looking for with the sound and then what's going to happen with the pitch like as you hold down a note is it going to stay constant is it going to you know pitch upward pitch downward is is like a vibrato going to come in like all of those things that you'd think about if you're actually like playing an instrument like a stringed instrument um, that are performance things you have to think about how do you program those into the sound um, and so you know there's a, a lot of different ways to sort of get to the same end but but you know just in in the most like general terms like those are the things I'm thinking about and then also like texturally like what is you know is this a very clear and you know clean and hollow sound or is this you know does it have like buzziness to it um, and so you know it's it's like it's texturally and then you're thinking about shape of both the the volume and shape of the pitch um, and yeah that's I mean there's also I mean the 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 what he said is totally true, but but we're we're not going to lie on that. There's a lot of exploration that goes on when you're making new sounds. So a lot of sure. it can be you, you don't even know what you want, yes. and so you're just kind of you know trial and error. Yeah, you fiddle yeah. with something until you get something sort of like wow, that's compelling, and then you start thinking about okay, now how can I shape this to be usable? How can I shape the envelope? How can I, you know. Do I need it to sustain? Do I need it to, you know, how do I need it to function as, in a utility format? But a lot of the sort of, you know, because we'll come up with sounds, you know, that you, especially like in post-human and stuff like that, some of the processes that we've developed for sound design, a lot of it's just like, oh man, like let's record some stuff or, or like pull some source and then mangle it. And then you just do that for several <laughs> hours until you kind of, oh wow, like, 
this is really compelling and special. Mm-hmm. And so there's just a lot of trial and error and, and, and exploration, I think, that... Uh, I mean, and I think that's where the best stuff comes from, too, is, is the, the trial and error. Like, it's like a lot of times it's like when you don't have a super specific goal. Like, you know, generally speaking, like if I'm going to design sounds, I'm like, well, I want to make some of these type of sounds, like really, you know, big, you know, uh, Im- impactful synth stabs that are, you know, just going to decay. And so, mm-hmm. like, with that, I have just a shape. But, like, other than that, you know, it's kind of nice when you, you can just play around and you don't have super specific thing in mind. Because the other thing that you kind of learn from designing sounds is it can be very hard if you have something extremely specific to just create exactly that the way you hear it in your mind. Oftentimes you come up with much more interesting and better things if you're open to like, well, okay, this is generally what I want and I'm going to see what happens and I'm not, I'm going to take lots of different tangents and, you know, just mm-hmm. see where this leads for the next couple hours. And, <laughs> and that's, you know, the, the byproducts of that that you didn't intend are often the best sounds, you know, that uh, from that whole session. For Even, sure. Yeah. I do want to know what some of your favorite tracks are. Oh, sure. I mean, so for, for me, that the Catala Vargas track, I think, is really cool. Mm-hmm. It has sort of, uh, there's a little bit of, a, it's like a futuristic John Carpenter creepiness to it, but then it also has just really cool synth sounds and a really cool vibe to it. So I, I'd say that's that's probably my favorite. I go, I'll give you two two favorites. Uh, so Jackson's Jam because that's Terry Crews' theme song. <laughs> yeah, so, that sounds I great. Mean, you got. I mean, you got this like old. It's like blown out old school hip hop meets modern future cyber yes. punk trap. That's really cool, uh, and there's like a cool version that's just in the game when you when you play and you finish and you hit the credits. There's like a cool version that's got some of his voiceover in it that we kind of remixed. That's that's really fun. Uh, cool. That you only get it's sort of a treat if you beat the game. Uh, the other track uh, is Nimbus, the sort of music that you yeah. hear when you first boot the game.
track is cool because that actually came from the genesis of that was it came from an album we did called Hype Scene. Uh, so it's a sort of a remix or, or a, a re reapproach of a track called Betamax that uh, Chris really liked. We were kind of working on that album while we were working on Crackdown just as a way to sort of like we had some breaks in the production process and we wanted to just kind of keep our muscles up in this style of music. So we're like, oh, right. OK, well, let's just make. Let's make an album of this stuff too. <laughs> it was like staying in character. Staying in character. Yeah, it's yeah. very amazing. much like a sort of character composing. Yeah, and so we that came out actually in 2016, um, and and so there's actually quite a bit of material from that that got reworked because, you know, the whole time we were making that, we were just kind of sharing the tracks with Chris and just like, hey, check this out. What do you what do you think about that? And. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of it, he's like, "Oh man, that's that's perfect for this guy." Or like, "Let's see if we can kind of adapt that for this." And uh, so that's you know, there's you know, I, I feel like you know, people, if 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 we didn't specifically say like, "Yes, that was the intention that happened," people would be like, "Hey, did you just try to sneak one of your tracks that you already <laughs> did into the game and like call it call it work?" It's like, nope, yeah. we this was all. Yep. You know, it, all by design, and yeah. uh, it was it's it was pretty fun and just kind of a byproduct of the longer the development cycle that we had. Yeah, no, that, that that track was great. I listened to Nimbus twice on the way home. It's such a fun album. And, you know, since you wrote this other album while you were writing this or on break from this, uh, did you kind of just really crave something different after that? Or how did you prevent burnout with writing so much? I mean, I, I think this is music that we like to you know and and that's is also um you know that is kind of like something that i think we've wanted to do we want like we wanted to do a game score that was really that's different uh and so i i don't know i don't i, I don't think we had burnout on this style like well, we were working on on halo wars <laughs> oh, yeah that's true we, this is kind uh, okay. of well, we were working on halo wars 2 at the same time you know because halo wars came out in mm-hmm. 2017 Working on these kind of in tandem, Crackdown would take pauses for for design stuff, and and Halo Wars had a, a more compact timeline for getting all the writing done and everything like that. So I think that was, you know, kind of a diff. We were in a different world with that, yeah. and and we had worked on a, a, a few other uh, smaller titles and projects that were kind of like totally totally different. We did some stuff for Anki Toys that was like a totally different uh <laughs> cool yeah approach to music so we, we we try to stay you know pretty 
diversified. I think like, you know, if, if, if you listen to all our scores, it's, you'll find through lines through them in terms of how we approach sound and emotion. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we have a, a decent range within that, you know, our sort oh, yeah. of electronic yeah. uh, stylings. And uh, yeah, we just, we just love electronic music and, nice. and sound. <laughs> and, and I think we're just excited always to be writing it. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Played Crackdown 3. It's part of uh, Xbox Game Pass, so you can. I think it's a dollar for your first month, so it's really cheap to go play the game and experience it. It's on Xbox or PC, and then the soundtrack, of course, is is basically anywhere you stream music. You can find it on Spotify, iTunes, mm -hmm. YouTube, SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. You know, anywhere you want to find streaming. Well, Brian White and Brian Trifon, thank you so much. It was really great talking to you guys again. Really awesome oh, score, too. Loved it. Oh, oh thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you so much for having us. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for listening to episode 105 of Level with Emily Reese. You can learn more about Finishing Move at finishingmoveinc.com. And you'll find a full playlist at patreon.com slash level. If you follow us on Patreon, you'll see how to join us for free on our Discord server. And we're on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily. You can learn more about us at levelwithemily.com, which is made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services and composer Brad Gentle. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc. Uh, hello. Hello.